It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Chatting Lincoln Stars hockey here on 93.7 The Ticket. This is Outside the Box. I'm Joel Norman, joined as always by the head coach of the Lincoln Stars, Rocky Russo, and coming off of a entertaining week of hockey, I think. There was a there was a lot going on last weekend. Two games of the defending Clark Cup champions and the Youngstown Phantoms. The Stars split those two games and head into their first true road games of the season. They've hit the road before. Now head to Waterloo this Friday and then Sioux City on Saturday. Rocky, how are we doing today? I'm good, Joel. How are you? I'm doing very well as well. Like you mentioned, you're glad you got to break out the context today. You've had, you know, got to be a nice step forward for you right there. Yeah, I had that eye surgery, the the beginning of the first week before we played Madison and it's been a couple weeks and finally I was due to cut the grass. I'm like, all right, it's time to, it's time to go on the maiden voyage and put the contact back in. <laughs> so it's starting to feel good. So, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, it'll start to look normal again, but, uh, glad that's behind me and, uh, and moving forward, moving forward into this coming weekend, but looking back real quickly at how the Youngstown games went and the theme of the season so far, Rocky is this team's ability to bounce back after a tough start to it. Every win so far has come after a loss, 3-0 and to this point. That's all three of the wins that we've mentioned, and I think you had to like a lot about what your team did this past Saturday. I thought it was pretty clear in that first period against Youngstown, despite it being scoreless after 20 minutes, that it was going to be a different Lincoln Stars team from the night before. You know what? I there There's a lot to dive into there, and, and you know, I, I, I believe in analytics. Uh, I also believe in my gut, and... Uh, you know, I, I didn't think we played great hockey on Saturday. We did good things for stretches, but consistently our process wasn't great. Our process was better, ironically, at times on, on Saturday. But the third period, a lot of things happened, and I'm going to get into that in a second. But, um, you know, they, they really put us on, put it on us, which is to be expected. You're you're down 3 nothing going into the third period. You're going to give a push. And so, uh, but analytically... We played much better on Friday than we did on Saturday, um, you know. But we had three three penalty kills early on in uh, in the first period there on Saturday, and and we weathered that storm. We killed all three of those. Really brought some mem- some momentum back to our bench, and and were able to capitalize and score three goals in the the second period. And then you know I had a I had a family emergency at home. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, my wife was was very ill, unfortunately, and. She was home alone with the kids. I don't have any family around here, and and uh, my wife's a trooper. She's not somebody that uh, you know. She knows when something's not right, and she's never in the time that we've been together ever called me in the middle of a game. And uh, she called Corey, and uh, and Corey handed me the phone, and she kind of explained what was going on, and and poof, I was off the bench and I was gone, and and I got home. And fortunately, we have some some. Uh, neighbors that that were able to come over and help in the short term and um she's good now and that's the the most important thing but uh that was a scenario where the guys are kind of looking around like where'd coach go and and uh you know that that takes the focus on what's happening in the game but uh art and mike did a fantastic job of of keeping them focused and and kind of rallying around that whole situation and and we're able to get a get a big win but uh you know what i've said to the guys is when you win three and you lose three, what are you? You're average. And and we aren't average here in Lincoln. I don't want to be average. I, I've never been average. I don't intend to be average. This organization is is um, 
designed and and built to be much more than that. And and so, you know, it's great that we found a way to bounce back in in these three scenarios where we lost games, but we've we've made some mistakes. You know, we we gave up three goals on on Friday that were very much within our control. We haven't scored enough. Obviously, there's no secret about that. Going into a Saturday's game, we'd scored seven goals in our first five games. I mean, that's just it's not enough. And and uh, you can't ask your goalies to win two one or one nothing every night. That's not realistic. So we need to find a way to score three and a half, four four and a half goals a game if we're going to be successful. And so that's been a lot of things that we're harping on. But I am proud of the fact that we were able to come back. We scored four line rush goals on on Saturday, which is fantastic. But we've got to generate some more five-on-five in-zone offense and create goals that way. We've got to be a little bit more successful on our power play. I think it's it's turning the corner a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's not been a consistent driver to bring momentum back to our bench just yet at, at this point in the season. For starters, really glad to hear everything's all right with Melissa. I know a lot of people had questions about that after the game on Saturday. Glad to hear things are okay there. Uh, the second thing, I wanted to touch on that power play. I'm glad you brought that up. It felt like late in the game on Saturday, there were definitely some signs. There were a couple of chances. I remember Tyler Wood nearly had two tap-in goals back door, and it seemed like the, the puck movement was a little bit more precise. And uh, What did you attribute that to? It seemed like there were a few personnel changes along there. Was it some schematic changes you saw as well? Uh, it was... It was you know, uh, a combination of those things. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words about my wife, um, you know, and, and I, I went back and forth about even mentioning it. I'm surprised even anybody noticed I left the bench. Apparently people are, are paying attention. Um, but, uh, you know, it's the, the, the power play stuff is we did make some personnel changes and, you know, we gave some guys some opportunity. They weren't generating enough. So you, you, you switch it up. You give some other guys some chances. And, you know, if you look historically, power plays change throughout the course of the year. And guys that start on it, come off it, end up back on it. And so, you know, it's it's kind of an ebb and flow thing. But we're excited about the the personnel that are on there right now and, and hopefully generating and creating for us. Looking to create some chances, but also have done a great job at eliminating chances for other teams when they've been on the power play. This is something we talked about after the fall classic games. It feels like the Stars penalty kill has kind of picked up right where it left off from a season ago. Second best in the USHL last season. You know, you look back these these past two weekends here, superb work, especially against Youngstown. They went 0 for 10 overall, and it's been a really solid unit. It seems like some of the guys who were on the PK last year have done a really good job jumping back into that role, and newcomers who have jumped in have, have really made their their presence felt as well rocky uh you know what it's it's a, a combination of things first thing is is uh winning that first face off we've done that consistently which gets you that first 200 foot clear uh we've done a pretty good job of of managing the neutral zone not giving up the blue line with with possession and speed and and then being patient you know understanding where our toes need to be where our sticks need to be blocking pucks when we need to not giving away second and third chances you know we dove into uh, Youngstown's power play it's it's very threatening you know they've got they've got a lot of talent on that team and and I watched them score some pretty highlight real power play goals leading up to that and so for us it was uh, really just about making sure that we can we can nullify that as best we could we weren't you know you love to go perfect on the weekend that's not necessarily what you're you're hoping for but um, I think that had a lot to do with our success on on Saturday because they had those three early power plays you know, I, I thought the second call, I you know, I could take it or leave it. The You know, a couple of them were penalties. They were. But, uh, you know, they got three early. And, and you know if you can get through there, 
referees know they just called three in a row on you. They're going to be looking to find one to, to get you back up on the power play and try to even those numbers out. And so for us, it actually ended up being a good thing because we brought a lot of momentum to our bench and a lot of energy, and, and the guys were pretty excited when we got through those. Yeah, and it worked out really well in that regard, killing off a lot in that first period. The first period of Saturday felt like the Stars were pretty much under siege. Jan Shostak stood tall, and the penalty kill really did a nice job as well. Absolutely, and, you know, Jan... Jan played well. I thought there was probably one or two that of the three that, that he would have wanted back on, on Friday, but he certainly wasn't the reason that we lost. There were some breakdowns, and obviously you, you can't get shut out. You can't get shut out at home, but you can't get shut out. And, you know, we I didn't even think we presented a lot of uh, threatening chances, a lot of pedestrian uh, perimeter stuff, no second and thirds, didn't really have Owen Bartoskevich under under the, the, the microscope there too much. And so... You know, I felt like it was good to to roll uh, Jan back and, and give him a second chance. And, you know, I also felt it was good to give Mass a full week to, to prepare to play this coming weekend. Hey, the work of Jan Shostak so far has quickly made him a fan favorite with this team. Top five in the USHL in goals against average. Top five in save percentage. Rocky, I feel like every other time I'm at a game, I'm getting recommendations from fans for what I should be using for him when he makes a state save. What kind of nickname <laughs> to start using, but... He's really endeared himself to fans early on, hasn't he? I think the guys call him Showy. Um, I don't know if he understands it. We need to work on his English <laughs> a little bit, but uh, he's a competitor. He's he's incredibly talented. He's very fast. Um, you know, he's a guy that uh, is going to give us a chance to win every night. And and uh, you know, at at this level, at any level, as long as you got a goalie that's in there that's going to battle for you, that's going to do everything he can to try to keep it out and. And you know that if you make a mistake, he's going to back you up. Then that that gives the guys that gives the guys a lot of confidence, and and they can play with a little bit more, um, you know, ease, uh, a little bit more poise, not not having to be so tight, not having to worry about any puck that gets to the net might go in. And and I think both of our goalies are capable of doing that for us. Mass has shown that, right? He's been. He's been a rock for us in in uh, his time here, and he'll continue to be moving forward. Another newcomer who's really left his mark on the fans has been Blake Montgomery. And that was well before that two-goal game this past Saturday, but it felt like, especially when he got that first goal, it was almost like the floodgates had opened up a little bit for him because he had so many chances. I mean, the home opener, felt how many breakaways did he have in that game? I know he had eight shots in total that night, but he kept thinking, boy, he's so due for a goal. And it was really nice to see from afar him have that big night Saturday. It was funny because we were on the bench and, and you know, yet again, he's behind the D and he's touching pucks first. And I don't know who said it, but someone was like, geez, man, BMO's legs are so long. It's not even fair. Like he covers so much space so fast and he's he's fun to watch, right? He He competes really hard and he's got a good brain for it, so... He understands when to hit his routes, when to when to put himself in a stretch position, when to be underneath, and um, you know he's he's generating a, a thousand chances. And I really like that line with with him and Mangs and and uh, Picard on Saturday night. They were consistent, they defended, but they brought a lot of offense. And and obviously you get uh, two from Bimo and and one from Mangs and the crossbar from Picard and and a lot of good things coming. So hopefully that's. That's a line that can create some uh, some chemistry moving forward. It seemed like there were a lot of guys who I talked to. They said, boy, I want to be on a line with BMO. The way he skates, the way he... Who doesn't he... want to? I want to be a line. <laughs> I might go play in the NHL if I could play on a line with BMO for a while. <laughs> the way he's able to help his own teammates while generating his own chances. I mean, that's just... I would imagine for a lot of guys, that's your ideal line mate. Yeah, you know, but in the same breath, I, I didn't think he played very well on Friday. And, and uh, 
you know, it was it was good because I was able to be hard on him, and and uh, he's such a great kid, and he wants to he wants to learn, and he wants to be coached, and and so the challenge for a player that's having that type of start to a season is to keep them grounded and keep them hungry and and humble and grateful, and and uh, you know, for BMO, I don't think that's going to be a problem. He's just he's a guy that. Uh, earned his opportunity to be here and and uh, he's taken advantage of it and, and he's going to continue to develop and grow. We're chatting Lincoln Stars Hockey here on 93.7 The Ticket. This is Outside the Box with me, Joel Norman, and Lincoln Stars head coach, Rocky Russo. would love to have you be part of the show. You can text us on the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. You can also call us on that same number on the Honda of Lincoln hotline. Shout out to Sarder Harmon. I, I bought my wife's birthday present there and I actually Ooh. told them um, that uh, I came there and and purchased because of ninety three seven the ticket <laughs> and and the uh, the advertising agreement they have with them. So Perfect. Shout out to Sarder Harmon. Absolutely, and uh, we do have one from the Sarder Harmon text line right now from Chase B. He says, "What's the message to the guys who have never experienced the hostile environment in Waterloo, also known as Cowbell Hell?" You know what? It's it's just a road game. It's a road game. Obviously, it's it's fun. I I think that. Uh, you know the message to to the guys is is to have fun in that environment and and uh, you know if we do our job we quiet those cowbells down. It was awful quiet. There weren't many cowbells at the end of the series. There were there. Not in game three last year. Not so, too many. No, it got really quiet in that building and uh, and I have a feeling that they're going to be talking about that throughout the course of this week. And you know they're a different team. We're a different team. But uh, but it's still Lincoln and Waterloo and and uh, that's quickly become a, an interesting little rivalry between the two organizations and and so you know we have them this weekend we have them next weekend so you know we're going to be there back to back Fridays not a great schedule uh, we'll discuss that with the the powers that be but um you know we're we're going there two weekends in a row and so we need to prepare for it and and uh, last year the first time we went in there on a Friday we took the bus up that day and we won so you know, we're going to do what we can to, to keep our heads down and, and find a way. Tell me what your memories are. The first thing you think of when you think of that second round series before we, we move on that and we focus entirely on this year's team. It, it was emotional. It was emotional. You know, you've got uh, a lot of different storylines. You've got, you know, Danny Sambuco, who, who was released from there um, last summer that we picked up and added to our group, who, who ends up scoring the empty net goal. You've got Doug Grimes suspended in the third game. You know, you've got the fact that that we've had literally zero success against them all year long, right? They they beat us up in our building, and and uh, you know, then when we did have a chance to win, you had the controversial goal, no goal call, and in, in the the ice box, and so there was a lot of build up to that series. They had made some trades. They acquired uh, Miko Matika. They acquired Garrett Brown. Like they, they did some things to, to load that team up. And so it was a little bit like slaying the dragon and, and, uh, you know, it was also, it took a lot of emotion out of us. And, and I think that that, that coupled with losing game one, the way we did in the, the Western conference finals, losing a really hard, tough battle game three, I think we ran out of that emotional energy. And then I think you saw the the same thing happened to Fargo in the finals. We had given it to Fargo most of the year. We went up there and swept them in their building in the last series. We had swept them there in our building at one point. And so I think them beating us kind of sucked a lot of that emotion out of their group. And I don't know that they had enough left to deal with Youngstown, obviously, then getting swept in their building. So, um, you know, it's it's funny how this game works. You, you look at 
schedule that we had two games in the final weekend of the year and then two games against Des Moines and three games against Waterloo and then the draft two days of the draft and then right into you know right into playing in Fargo and and you know Nick and and Mike and myself staying back to run the draft and then getting in the car with Mr. Fernandez and driving to Fargo not getting there till one o'clock in the morning there was just there was so much going on and and uh it was hard to stay focused on hockey but uh you know, it, it was it was a fun ride and a fun journey and uh, sad that we came up a little bit short, but but we know what it feels like to be in that position now and, and certainly you want to try to find your way back there. One of the things I remember you said late last year when you guys swept that series at Fargo was you said that it instilled that belief that you could win in that building because we'll have a tough series early in the year. I remember thinking, you know, a couple of weeks ago when I saw Waterloo was around the corner, I thought, you know, for these guys who are coming back to this year's team, you're going to Waterloo this Friday and you know you can win there because you did it in the postseason last year. Yes, absolutely. And and that's where you have to lean on your veterans that were a part of that that experience and and say, hey guys, like, sure this is a this is a, a tough environment. But anybody that that pulls into the icebox is getting a pretty okay. tough environment in their own right. You know, you go to Des Moines, it's a tough environment. You go to any any of these places, right? They're they're challenging to play on the road in this league, and and uh, we're going to get to see some different facilities and some different situations this year, whether it be Muskegon or Green Bay, Cedar Rapids, Dubuque. Those are all tough to places to play as well. So you have to be able to win on the road in this league if you're going to be successful. And and this weekend's our first test. You're certainly getting that here. The first true road games of this season coming up this weekend. First Waterloo, Sioux City on Saturday, who played today. I don't know. How much were you keeping up with that? I know that was right in the middle of your day with them having that school game at 11. I took a peek, saw that Sioux Falls won, I think, 6-4. to Sioux Falls has a really good team. Sioux City has a really good team. Um, I think everybody in this league is going to be – a challenge to play against. There's no off nights. There's no team that can't beat you if you're not ready to go. And I think as a coach, that's exciting. You know, you've got a game plan. You've got to prepare. You've got to have your team going throughout the course of the week. And, um, you know, for us, it's it's a, an opportunity to go in there and learn a little bit more about ourselves and, and continue to develop our, our process and our culture. It's one of those things you said. It's You get into these stretches with the road play where you have to get used to playing away from home and get a little comfortable these last couple of weeks. You've been in the ice box, you've had the, the crowd behind you, but now that I think it's an exciting challenge. And I think that was something, I forget who it was I talked to last year, but I remember him saying that, you know, this was my first time really playing true road games in in hockey, is that you go on, you go to other places, and they're, they're cheering really hard against you. And Waterloo's going to do that, Sioux City's going to do it, a lot of other places are going to be, but I think it's a, a fun thing to see how the guys grow and get used to playing on the road over time. I see Mangan out there in the lobby eating candy. I'm sure he probably doesn't need any candy. Um, you know what? A lot of these guys coming directly from youth hockey, um, they don't play a, a, a traditional away game. Mangs is looking at me laughing now. The TV's on delay out there in the lobby. Um, I, they don't play a traditional away game, right? You go and you play in tournaments, and sure, maybe sometimes you go and you you go to the opponent's rink and you play there, but but that's nothing like going into a real environment, you know, we've been in Sioux Falls with 10,000 people, you know, we've been, we've been in, in all these places where the, the crowds are insane and, and, you know, it's a hostile environment and you have to be able to manage that. Waterloo's a great example of it. And, uh, you know, you have to, you have to block that out. And we talk about playing road hockey and, and just kind of focusing on what we do and, and taking control of the game so that we can quiet the crowd. 
Let's talk a little about real quickly about the guys who are going to be coming on the show in a moment. Uh, Nick Young and Jared Mangan. Uh, Mangan leading the team in goals right now with three. Every time he scored, the team has won. What's it been he like? He should just score every game. Then. We should work on that. <laughs> What's it been like having him back this year? And he's been playing more of that center position than the wing. Yeah, you know what? He's uh, he's a guy that uh, his motor's got to go, and there's no secret about that. When he's when he's attacking the game and he's driving, um, he's really really good. And and you can tell in the games that he's not very noticeable, not very productive. He's kind of letting the game come to him, and and that's something that he's learning as an older player. And the consistency of being able to do that has been there in the last few games, and it's going to continue to be there because that's what we're going to need for us to be successful. Tell us about Nick Young a little bit, a guy who fans saw once last year. I think the diehards will probably remember that name coming back, but for a lot of fans, this is a player they're getting to meet this season. You know what, Nick's got a pretty cool story. Um, I've got some friends in Buffalo, and and uh, you know my my connection there allowed us to to. Uh, get Nick to come out to camp two years ago and um, he had a great camp and we actually we had all of our 06s at camp and and we let him go right prior to the all-star game he wasn't ready to play for us yet and and uh, but we talked about him in the room and said hey this kid's got some talent Uh, he's somebody we need to keep an eye on well one of our 06 players uh, ultimately went to major junior hockey which enabled us to have what's called a free ad to our affiliate list and so we spent some time with our scouting staff and, and Nick and I spoke and, and ultimately we settled on, we wanted to add Nick Young to our, our protected list. And so we were able to go down that road and acquire his rights. And, uh, and then he got his commitment to, to Clarkson, finished his year at U16 last year, and he's come in and, and made the team as a young guy. And he's done a great job so far. He's physical. Uh, he's, he's really learning how to defend. The offensive instincts are certainly there. He can absolutely bomb the puck. Um, he's he's continuing to develop and grow, and, and that's what junior hockey's all about. So we're real excited to watch Nick continue to uh, to figure it out and become an even bigger, impactful player here in Lincoln. Excited to have him and Jared Mangan on the show in just a moment. We're going to hear from them after these messages. Stay tuned with us here. This is Outside the Box, chatting Lincoln Stars Hockey on 93.7 The Ticket.